1: Okay, this is Batman, but the 1989 version. Let's watch the trailer.
0: I have given a name to my pain. What are you? I'm Batman. Ah! How did you get those wonderful toys? My life is really ah! complex. Wing freak terrorizes. Will they get a load of me?
1: Oh my goodness, talk about a trip (laughs) down memory lane. 1989, Roger. Uh, Yes, please tell me, where were you? What did you do? (laughs) Well, do you know what? This film, um, I loved it and
2: I got swept up in the hype in the lead up to its um, release. I think we're going to talk a lot more about that. It was called Batmania. And, you know, everybody was talking about Batman. Everybody wanted Batman logo T-shirts. They all even wanted to um, get their Batman logo shaved into their hair and that sort of thing. So I was swept up by this. And I went to see Batman the night before I was going on a works trip to paris and we went to see the batman at the cinema in lancaster which is where i was near where i was living at the time absolutely loved the film so much we talked about it all the way on the bus to because it was a bus trip, we went to um, Paris, so it took us the best part of a day to get to Paris. So everybody was talking about Batman. And do you know what we did when we got to Paris? We went to see it to see it again in a Paris uh, cinema, and, and of course it was in English and it had been do- it, it had um, French subtitles at the bottom. So of course it, it didn't really matter. And I, and I think I'm right in saying that we even were allowed to drink a glass of beer in the French cinema when we were watching um, Batman but what a good film and I can't remember very many films that I've seen twice in in almost like successive evenings I thought it was so much so much good stuff about it It was a lot darker than the tv series that everybody remembers from the 60s you know the the, that film with Adam uh, those that tv series with Adam Weston it was quite camp wasn't it it was quite bright it was quite colorful um but i thought this was a lot darker but it still had that good versus evil vibe going on about it the gadgets were incredible everybody loved the gadgets kim bassinger was the uh the the lead the lead lady actor and the love interest for bruce wayne in the film and of course at the time kim bassinger was you know real real Premier League actress I think everybody of my age group in the in the uh, 80s fancied her like mad as well um am I even allowed to say that but yeah everybody thought Kim Bassinger was just fantastic And, and and Jack Nicholson you know was just incredible as the Joker I mean yeah he was chewing the scenery like he often does but he's just got a way of chewing the scenery and making it um, unbelievable and some of these lines you know i have made a name for my pain and you know there's a winged freak terrorizing the city but wait till they get a load of me <laughs> all of those quotes were just fantastic what an incredible film and uh, massive memories and i think because i saw it twice in lancaster and then in paris just as in, indelibly sort of um put it into
1: my memory yeah, and, and no, so '89. So we are leaving the '80s and we're going to start to get into the to '90s. But is this still felt like like the '80s, and your reference to Batmania, and we'll talk about the marketing in a moment. But for me, what was unique as an experience and the, the whole event around it. I mean, that took over the whole the summer. There were all the films in 1989. Some very very good one uh, out there. But the summer of 1989 was just taken over in a good way, you know, because people got behind it by uh, this movie, Batman. And what was interesting is, so I was living in Bordeaux at the time. I was two years away from leaving Bordeaux to come and live in the UK. I saw it twice as well. Now, with my friends, we saw documentaries uh, on TV of what was happening with the premieres in in the US where um, people were dressed as Batman or the Joker. And we thought that would be a very good idea to do so. So imagine the group of six or seven of us and actually, I turned up dress as a Joker together with one of my friends and the others had bottled out, but so pretty much did everybody else in the cinema. So this was not embarrassing at all, Roger, to be the only people dressed as a Joker. We went also with the, the whole white face and the, the lipstick and everything. We went for it and uh, just um, sat there feeling very hot because actually that makeup was drying. So the reason <laughs> why I went to say it twice, because the first time I couldn't enjoy the movie because of all the makeup and the very uncomfortable costume and hired to, to dress like the Joker, thinking that would be doing like the US, and of course, this is a French market. So the second time, I enjoyed it much, much better. For me as well, the highlight, which we're going to talk in a moment, was to see and hear the song of my hero, Prince, on the big screen, and that was something that I was looking forward to. But just to give you a, so a bit of a segue into the um, the Batman marketing, that Batman logo or stamp or mark when they went for the black and gold, it was everywhere, right? As you Remember, you can look around at bus stops, but the size of buses. It was on packaging. You could you could buy um, toys, fruits. You could buy um, shirts, Walkmans. Everything had you not know, that that um, dark bat symbol. Although my poor mother was very confused because um, she saw it and came back home saying, "Why do we have a mouth?" A hosted everywhere around town and said, no, it's not a mouth man, it's a bat, you know, so it was lost on on, on some people, bless her. So you mentioned the term Batmania, why do you think, you know, it it, it has been used in that way? Because everybody was
2: going absolutely batty about (laughs) Batman, I mean, it, it... it, it doing the research for this particular segment it was, was absolutely fascinating because you know it's a long time ago but there's so much information out there about it because it literally was a massive massive event uh an event it was probably one of the first event films you know and it's interesting when you go back there was a lot of people thought that this was going to be a complete flop. Yeah. They thought it was going to be a complete flop. Now, again, people remember the 1960s series. They had a lot of affection for it, but it was quite camp. It was very light hearted almost like a like a live action cartoon you know it always had those you know when they punch people it would go thwack up on the on the screen and the sound effects you know it really was quite cheesy and i guess people maybe thought that it was going to be like that and that it was not going to be a box office success but of course the filmmakers had based it more around the dark Knight books by frank miller you know much darker um f- film a much darker story set in in sort of the equivalent of New York and, and at the time New York was quite a scary place to live crime was really was high um, it was before they sort of got a grip on on the crime wave in in New York and a lot of people associated themselves with it but i think the genius of how the th- filmmakers managed to create this batmania was playing upon the memories that people had of that 1960s TV series. And a lot of the memories beyond the campness of it was that Bat logo that used to shine into the sky when Commissioner Gordon needed help from Batman. And this is probably the first film which was ever marketed around the concept of purely of a logo now none of the posters had batman himself in it or the city or the joker it was purely the logo now nowadays you know that is a an established film marketing technique we've seen it with jurassic park to name another one there's a specific logo that people recognize but this was genuinely one of the first films built around specifically around a logo and I think the, sim- the glorious simplicity of it, you know it was the logo, and then 23rd of June, that was it, the logo, and then 23rd of June. And as you said, it was everywhere, and it became so recognizable that people wanted it on T-shirts, they wanted it they wanted it on their hair, you know, people were having it shaved into their head. And it just took off and the merchandising with the logo just took off and everybody wanted t-shirts they had you know really expensive um denim jackets really expensive leather jackets with this logo on it and and before you knew it it just became a snowball effect and it almost like took over the world and and that's why they call it batmania because literally everybody wanted something
1: with this logo on it and to your point about the simplicity we know now through research that um you know, Tim Burton, in particular, went through hundreds and hundreds of uh, you know examples and and um, kind of uh, different tests with the poster, and I would imagine some of them may have been very complicated. Maybe they were doing the old fashioned, let's show all the actors and let's put Michael mm-hmm. Keaton, Jack Nicholson on. Because to your point, I suppose the trailer did serve that purpose but there was not the usual of listing all the a-listers making sure that you know you go and see the movie because of Michael Keaton even though you don't know a thing about batman they didn't go there at all and i remember when i used to um buy film magazine i'm sure you did as well and i literally pleaded the news agent to keep the batman poster they had on the back of their wall and offered to pay for it because I wanted it in, in my bedroom you know that, that was the kind <laughs> of the, the level people used to steal posters from you know the sides of uh, bus stops and so on for themselves it was just that element of having to own something that was part of the event and um, as you heard a moment ago then only two of us was dressed as the joker thinking we were you know back in, back in the US the one thing I wanted to um, mention to you then is this idea of the merchandise. And people make sometimes correlation between Star Wars, even Jaws, and all the others. The big, big difference here is that it was more of a post-event mania with Star Wars and Jaws and Jurassic Park. With Batman, it was a pre-launch mania where the merchandise was being purchased before the the movie had been seen by anybody, whereas typically it happens after.
2: Yeah, and 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 again, the merchandising part of this is 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 really fascinating. You're absolutely right. Star Wars created this whole genre of toys, didn't it? The Star Wars figures, the uh, the models of Tie Fighters and Imperial Star Destroyers, and all of that. People wanted to buy, and a lot of these film studios thought that that was the start of a trend, and that from Star Wars onwards, every movie would just create a load of merchandise. But it didn't, did it? Because we saw films like E.T. in 1982. We saw Gremlins in 1984. Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones. All of those films of the 80s, which you would have expected to have created a merchandising rush, didn't. And I think that is exactly what why, because of what you've said, is that it was all post. It all came after Star Wars. And they didn't think enough about creating the demand and the and the desire for the merchandise within those films that followed Star Wars, whereas the makers of Batman absolutely had those gadgets and the merchandise in their heads as they were putting it together. So they were leaking all of these um, images of the Batmobile and this, that, and the other well in advance and doing the deals to get this merchandise out there as you say before the film and in addition to people wanting the t-shirts and wanting the, the these things stenciled into their heads they were wanting to buy you know the bat plane they were wanting to buy the figures they were wanting to buy the batmobile before the film had even come out and and i think that not only were they thinking about pre like you've said but they were also thinking as the Star Wars was after. And they were very careful that quite a lot of the tech in the film, like the Batmobile, they were specific that they didn't want the Batmobile to get blown up or damaged in any way in the film, because they wanted it to survive so that people would then think, I've just got to have this. It's indestructible. I'm going to go and buy it. So you got people buying it before the film, people buying it after the film. And it just went absolutely, it just added to this whole mania thing. People wanted all of this stuff. So, you know, the licensing arm of of the uh, of the film production company, there was over 300 different items of Batman stuff, from trading cars to the T-shirts to the, the models of the aeroplane to the models of the Batmobile. It was a merchandising paradise. And it really did. It was that that was the Batman merchandising summer, and you know it's a lesson in merchandising utopia, I guess. Oh,
1: completely. Now, one that has never been repeated ever since, because in fact, um, whilst they could afford it and it helped, you know, the movie no end to be a global success, that was also waste. And eventually, there was items that people didn't want to buy, or they were producing. Into greater volume so it's why in in a way Roger this really is a moment in time in film history because it was never repeated Uh, actually if anything um, Warner Brothers when we talked about Harry Potter went the other way which is to be actually much more exclusive about what they did what was interesting, therefore, by the media coverage, because it is a big part of film marketing, there was almost two storylines. There was the the movie itself and the history yeah. around the, the the graphic novel and so on. And there was the Bat Media uh, where the, the reporters who couldn't understand what on earth was going on. So there were the two forces at hand. and um, The one thing that they did, so not only do you have all that going on, but just in case people are not paying attention enough to Batman the movie, then they, of course, invite one of the most famous artist in the world, certainly um, in the 80s and 90s, Prince, who was signed to Warner Brothers' record label. Prince released, uh, released the Batman album, the Bat Dance was number one pretty much in every country I can think of, and even had all uh, the titles. Of the nine tracks you have on the album, four to five of those were released as singles, so there was this constant ambience as well from the, the, the music of Prince playing on radios, there were remixes, there was B-sides uh, uh, playing on, on radio, because that's what we had to, and of course we used to listen to the Batman cassette on our Walkmans. And if you'd been lucky to buy the Sony Walkman with the Batman logo, they you were really it. Quick um, little surprise for you. Uh, I've mentioned on this show many times how much I love Prince work. Well, I can show you my 1989 Prince um, uh, Batman LP just for you. Ah. And they have respected, as you can see, the logo. You know that's all you see on the front cover, and on the back, what they've done is list the the tracks as if they are the characters in a film. You have the closing credits at the bottom and you have all the, in purple now, because of course the It has to be purple, you have all the credits for the directors, the filmmakers and so on. So the Batman album was also creating the sense of event. Now the movie in the film is of course done by music composer Danny Elfman. Which is really uh, works with um, you know Tim Burton the same way Spielberg works with John Williams. What was very disappointing from the media's point of view, they created a fake war between Danny, Danny Elfman and Prince. And knowing enough about mm-hmm. music composers, they probably had mutual respect for each other and probably know each other well. But you had the battle of the artists. You know, do you like Danny Elfman's music score or do you prefer Prince um, kind of LP? I suppose it is part of um, the many PR stunts. You could have a look at it. But we can't underestimate the power of the music choosing an artist. The only one that can think of that's done it like that is almost a Bond franchise. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, This the whole
2: thing was it, it was an absolute joy to research and again i suppose on the on the uh you know we've we've now know that the the most up-to-date version of batman the batman you know i've 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 heard mixed reviews about it it's three hours long people say there's only two scenes in daylight in the entire three hours it's a bit Dark, very dark. I mean, it's a lot. It probably makes the 1989 Batman now look as camp as the uh, the, the it made the 60s series look like. But if you are if you want to find out more about Batmania and how this film became so successful as a result of all this merchandise, as a result of the logo branding and the logo marketing. There's so much material out there on the internet to to do, to find out and to research this. Videos on YouTube, articles. And one of the best headlines I saw as I was researching this came from an article. The headline was, "Batman Batmania, a triumph of shameless hype. And that is exactly how this film became so successful
1: it was a triumph of shameless hype thank you so much Roger it's been absolutely delightful to cast my mind back to a much younger self I was 20 in 1989 still studying finishing off just making you know my way to move to the UK and having a wonderful summer with my friends and looking back now even knowing how embarrassing I felt dressed as the Joker, I reckon I would still do it. Actually, I didn't even learn my lessons because when my pal Dominic and I went to see Prince in concert a year later, the Batman tour, we did it again anyway. So, (laughs) glutton for for punishment, Uh, you know, it's been amazing. This has been number 70, Roger. It felt a very special episode because of uh, A, looking back at all the hard work, but also all the value we've been giving out there. The feedback from our audience is just delightful. Now, everyone, please leave your comments and suggestions in the usual places. Until next time, make sure your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Fentoni, and he was Roger Edwards.